Friday. It's the Luke and Pete Show. Pete Donaldson with you, joined by Luke Moore, and we are back after a uh, relatively heavy weekend in Lisbon. But we're having a lovely time, aren't we, Luke? Yes, it's very nice to be back. Um, I like getting back to London. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love travelling, love going to new places. Never been to Lisbon before, so it was interesting. But it's always nice to get back as well. Bloody nice to sit here with you, mate, as well. Yeah. To be honest. Um, in an airless room. Yeah. With Jim Campbell's diseases. <laughs> that he's Everywhere. Behind Everywhere us. you look. Um, so what's been going on? Apart from uh, we went to Lisbon, just sort of rocked out in there for a bit. It was quite fun. Tell people your um, highlights from highlights, Lisbon, mate. Uh, I enjoyed the little bit of football. I enjoyed the sunshine. I enjoyed the Sagra. How do you pronounce it? Sagra. Sagra. Yeah, so it's spelled S-A-G-R-E-S, but it's pronounced Sarge. Bastards. And the Portuguese language is a pretty interesting one, isn't it? It's, it's well, I had the shout. I was saying to um, a man who speaks Russian uh, that it sounds like um, uh, Russian Spanish, and he's, I'm none of it. And I'm going, come on now. Let's stop being silly. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't care what you think. It is. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting place. I've been there five times now. Wow, brilliant. I'm going to get in July, so I can't stay Are you away, really? quite frankly. Yeah. Good, good for you. Yeah. Um, for those who haven't visited Portugal or more accurately, Lisbon. It's very it, hilly. It's quite, it is pretty hilly. I'm just trying to think if it was more hilly than when we went to Naples together. I think they're roughly similar, I would mm. say. Um, I, know, I know that, I think I said at the time, I know it's very easy to defend these cities, so that's why these cities get built there, but I would. Also, when I was thinking of building a city, I'd be like, oh, sod this. Yeah. They said, the pipes are going to get cracked. You wouldn't, I don't think you would, I mean, with respect, I'm, I'm absolutely categorising myself as this as well. I don't think many cities would get built if they had the work rate and the motivation of you and I, mate. Uh, no, um, I, c- I can work rate, but I'd probably just concentrate on um, broadband internet. Before the actual like sewage, high speed, high speed uh, yeah. broadband uh, fiber internet. So oh yeah, there's no sewers anywhere, and I can't get there's nowhere to flush away the turds. You know, but you can go on Google yeah. and get an answer pretty quickly about whether there are any sewers or not, and it turns out there aren't. Yeah, or go on YouTube and uh, figure out it yourself, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> figure out that, making your own learn sewage how to do pipe. it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Why not try some sustainable living and grow some roses from your own manure? We went out for a nice meal together, didn't we, Pete? It's the first time you and I have had a meal together for a long time. Uh, yeah, we had a tasting menu. It was very pleasant. Uh, I, I find it of... curious sat next to you when it's a nice meal because I know that you really enjoy it, but you also hate yourself for liking it. I enjoy the food. I just, I just the yap about it. <laughs> you don't like people talking about food, just, do you? Uh, on the television, I, you know, I have problems with it talking about the television. I don't mind. Ex- I don't mind having a meal and having a discussion about it. But it's the it's when you're watching it on telly. I just find that bizarre. Turn the telly over, mate. You are? Turn the telly over. Can't. It's on every fucking channel, Luke. 24 hours over here. Luke, yeah. uh, I come with terrible news. What's that? On the way to the studio, uh, I discovered that Punk is dead. How do we know? Because the man who works at Oxford Circus, a TFL worker who works on the Oxford Circus, usually Victoria Line, sometimes just in the uh, min foyer, um, he, who always had a, a big old Mohican, he has got rid of the Mohican and he's got a sensible haircut now. Mm. He's been there for years. Right. He's always, he always kind of draws the eye because he's got a bright red Mohican, but now he doesn't have a bright red Mohican. He just has a kind of salt and pepper, normal, older man's barnet. Was John Lydon available for comment? <laughs> Punk is dead. He comments on everything else. Yeah, he's very, uh, he's very vocal, isn't he? Ow, ow, mate. Hello. Ah. He uh, wants to turn up to an interview and uh, despite... Telling Have him you interviewed that, John Lydon, aka Johnny Rotten? Uh, I've been in the room when he's been interviewed a couple of times. He was nice one time, problematic the other. Um, one was at 8 o'clock in the morning, though. So he came in with his friend and um, he uh, proceeded to smoke constantly throughout the interview, even <laughs> though we told him it's going to set off the fire alarms. Yeah. 
So I had to go and, and get cups and cover the um, smoke alarm in the studio. Well, you were the lackey that had to do that? I was the lackey. No, I'm, I just like anything that's uh, technical. In, technical. I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll sort this out. I'll square this away. You like to solve a problem, don't you, Pete? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And <laughs> you're going to get round to your own problems? Never. Never. Because <laughs> you can't solve them with HMI cables. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we went to see Sporting play in Lisbon, of course, against yeah. uh, Victoria Guimarães. And we had we sampled some of the local snacks at the football stadium, didn't we, as well? What was the snacks? It was a, you had someone as well. It was called a Bifana. Oh, yeah. It was just a, it was just a bacon sarnie, wasn't it? With a no, very thick bacon sarnie. With, no, um, with no tomato sauce or anything. Or no. anything I like, the, one of the things I like about going to a new city is finding out, not not as in, I'm not saying I'm a huge foodie, and I do like food, obviously, but clearly, but I'm not a huge foodie, but I like to know little subtle differences. That The thing about, interestingly, to go into um, even like a gig or a, you know, a concert or something, but certainly a football game in a different country, is it's like the same but different. Mm. The universality of it is obviously what gets everyone there and why football is so popular, but the different things they do... Mm. At the game is, is fascinating to me because, of course, well, there's way more women and to one. Yeah, there, one. I mean, European games are so many more mm. women and families, which is brilliant to see. Because, mm. as again, I said before, obviously this isn't a football show, but football shouldn't be the you know the last bastion of the working class white male. Mm. It should be available for everyone. And um, the the That's other the thing, betting is, shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing is that. Um, you're allowed to drink beer at the game, of course, which mm. makes it a little bit more enjoyable in the sun. Mm. It's obviously warm as well, which is nice. Not the beer, the temperature. Yeah. And um, you get, instead of getting a pie or a burger, you get a very interesting bacon sandwich, but the type of bacon sandwich you probably wouldn't get anywhere else. And finally, on this white hot Lisbon food chat, mm. when we went to a seafood restaurant last night, um, it was nice. It was good. It was an Anthony Bourdain recommended place. You know, God rest him. Rick Stein loves it as well. Um, I forget the name of it. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it later. But they served up a steak sandwich for dessert. Mm. Yeah, we had that on um, the Friday. Everyone was getting dessert. I got like a horrible, creamy nonsense thing. And um, and Sam and Lord Ramble got a um, just a veal sandwich for uh, afters, which is a, a strange uh, dessert in mm. many ways. Yeah, yeah, it's very. Strange. It was delicious, though. To be fair. Yeah, the steak sandwich was amazing. Mm. I mean, it's not really what I expected or needed at that point. <laughs> I had about six glasses of wine and three beers, and I was stuffed. I, I, I probably wouldn't have had a dessert at all. Yeah. But it was one of those restaurants where the guy... Um, actually, if I grab my mobile phone, and I've got mm. a photo of it, I'll be able to tell you the name. I spoiled myself last night uh, while you were having delicious seafood with uh, 12 spicy wings. Oh, did you? Yeah, I saw you sent uh, yeah. the picture. Bit the restaurant heavy. was called um, Ramiro. Mm. Marisquera Cerveceria Romero. Uh, I think it's just called Romero. Um, but it was one of those restaurants where there's no there's no pretense. Mm. It's just really deliciously fresh seafood. Yeah. And um, you go in there, sit, you, you take a number, you wait for an hour, like you would do in Naples that time. You go in, the waiter comes in, and he's a very charismatic, I'm not going to say forceful, but he was like, he was in charge. Mm. And he just gave us an iPad with all the different seafood that was available that day. And we just said, oh, yeah, what would you recommend? And he went, you have this, 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 and this. And we went, all right, then. And Johnny he pressed the button. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and he brought it over. But he also brought the steak sandwiches for dessert. I mean, I didn't want a dessert. Oh, right, he was yeah. like, one, two, three, four, five, and just brought them back up, brought them all over. And that's why he's the most popular waiter, because he he, yeah. gets, he just sells a lot but, of more stuff. Do you know what else he did, the waiter? He, he, um, the restaurant closed, I think. It, I think it stopped taking orders, orders at 11. Right. I think you're supposed to get out by like 11.30 or whatever. Mm. 
And you know, in the UK, whether it's a bar or a restaurant or whatever, they'll they'll be like they'll come round. They go, "Hello, yeah, uh, yeah. terribly sorry to bother you, but we're, um, we're literally going to set off the fucking smoker. We're going yeah. to set off the, all of the fire extinguishers if you don't if you, get the fuck out of here. If you don't drink up that hundred pounds worth of booze I've just sold you." In 15 minutes, I'm going to take it away from you and I'm going to call the police. Well, in Lisbon, it was like, hey, hey, this, that, this, that. Oh, and uh, do you want some more beers on the house? We'd already paid the bill. Do you want some more beers on the house? Five more beers and brought beers over and we sat there drinking beers for another half an hour. Oi, oi. More relaxed. Yeah. And um, Luke did a classic thing where whenever I've seen him in a European city or any city really uh, that's not London, he falls in love with a boy. Oh, yeah. Fell in love with a taxi driver. Said it must be fun, but it bears repeating. <laughs> Fell in love with a boy. There's just a lot of very handsome people in Lisbon. Yeah. I can appreciate the, the physical form of both women and men. He was laughing and that you were wearing shorts. Yeah. We got on well, didn't we? We did. Get, you did get on like a house on fire. Yeah, except you... So, and I, if you I, you brought this to the table, not me, so I make right. no apologies for this. Okay. I'm sat in the front of a taxi. People listening will know, will, who've listened for a long time, will know our dynamic, you and mm. I. And I'm sat in the front of a taxi next to the driver, handsome guy, a bit younger than me. Yeah. Um, the sort of guy who would never be a taxi driver in the UK, by the way. He, he would, I don't know why he was a taxi driver. He'd be like an Uber driver. You see yeah, maybe, maybe, to be drivers. fair. Maybe. In fact, he was an Uber driver, wasn't he? That was mm. what the cab was. And Pete sat in the back. So picture the scene, everyone listening. I'm sat there making small talk with um, Paolo, as his name was. Mm. And I'm not having a go at you, Donaldson, but right. I'm better at small talk than you. I find... Uh, your you won him over, but the the small talk at the start of tart was uh, t- t- tedious. How did I win him over? Do you think? Uh, with just bloody minded, just doing it a lot. <laughs> sledgehammer, just, yeah. Just, just keep on going. He's 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 the he's the uh, hazelnut, and I'm the sledgehammer, just smashing <laughs> him over and over again. Yeah, you definitely won him over at the end, but I, yeah. But was, I want to give. I'm not going to put. Started icy. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to put details on this because it wouldn't be fair to <laughs> you. And so I'm not. I'm not going to be unfair. But I want people to understand the kind of guy you are behind right. this persona. Okay. You clocked that me and Paolo were getting on quite well. Right. And so you started sending me very problematic WhatsApp messages. Incorrect. So he Incorrect. would see. So he Incorrect. would see. Incorrect. And try and undermine Luke, our burgeoning, blossoming friendship. Luke, halfway through, was sending me a message about problematic things. And then I sent back an, a representative image of the problematic thing. Hmm. Um, uh, and then he got all coy about it. No, but it I think... upset Paolo. No, I think, I think that you, as ever, go too far. Who started it? I started it, yeah. but in a, in a quite appropriate way. I was the catalyst that you brought went, it. You went too far. Anyway, yeah. it's not. It's, we're still very much uh, friends, and I'm sure we'll stay in touch. Interestingly, is that me and you? He had a sister. <laughs> he he's got a sister. This taxi driver who lives yeah. in the Isle of Bute off the west coast. Yeah, of Scotland. that's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. And I said to him, oh, "I've ever go to Bute. I love visiting the West Islands of Scotland, as you know." I said, "If you ever go," if, he said, "If you ever go to Bute, uh, if you see a Portuguese girl, that's definitely my sister. She's the only <laughs> Portuguese girl living there." <laughs> I'm so anyway, it was good. Uh, do you want an update, Pete, on our youngest listeners? Yes, please. So we've had it. We've been inundated with emails people, of people just saying, telling us their age. Um, it's horrific, to be fair, given the content. Oh. Um, but it's not our responsibility, I don't think. Podcasts no. aren't classified, are they? No. no. Do we um, tag this as explicit? Maybe. It's never explicit. It's just informative. You. Yeah. So Ewan, hello to you. Ewan's 15. Um, Dre is 16. Martin is 18. Oh, hello God. to you, Martin. Another Ewan, who's 17. Hello to Kieran, who's also 17. Jonah, who's 18. Lucas, who's 15. And Jordan, who is 17. So oh, a lot of naughty, young listeners. It? This is naughty. Yeah. I don't think I ever listened to anything this naughty when I was uh, a child. What was your, what, what was the thing that you... What was the forbidden fruit when you were a kid? Uh, it was not forbidden fruit, but it was like kind of... I remember sort of like... Realistically, like when... BBC Radio 1 used to do quite naughty stuff. They used to do Radio NME at like one o'clock in the morning and it was just really 
graphic and really naughty and really rude. It was like, hey, you'd have this vlog coming on and you go, I'm Peter Andre and I like dirty hoes. It was really? just really weird. It was just really weird. I was like, that's naughty, isn't it? What For... radio station was it? Radio 1. Right. And obviously, uh, Blue Jam, which is obviously a precursor to Jam, the TV version of uh, Chris, Chris Morris' and stuff. Yeah. Um, they would do some really extreme stuff. Um, you know, stories of, you know, just horrible things. Um, what time are we talking? It was one in the morning on a, you know, on a, on a random Thursday. But I remember staying up listening to that on the radio. There's some actually quite interesting um, uh, comedy shows uh, on that late on Radio 1. Now they obviously don't do any of that. I remember when I, yeah, when I grew up, um, we grew up, our family grew up opposite another family. I was good friends with the, the, the son and they had three daughters as well. And my sister was friends with one of them. And they became like a close, quite a close family to us. Mm. And she, the woman, the mother of the family, was like the matriarch of the street because it was like a working class terraced house, all mm. on top of each other kind of thing. And uh, my mum would invariably trust her to, she called Diane, to look after us. Mm. So if I went over there, my mum would be like, oh, just popping out, so just stay with Diane or whatever, and you'd be fine. But my mum found out like about three or four years after I, you know, came of age, mm. that Diane was quite strict and a very, very responsible lady and a brilliant mother to, to her four children and all the rest of it, proper salt of the earth type. But they've always got, everyone's always got a weakness, right? right. And hers was for... She heroin. No, yeah, she, she, she was, <laughs> she was prescribing heroin, street <laughs> heroin to underage people. No, no, she, she was very, very relaxed about kids watching movies that were 18s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to, I remember going over there and watching Alien and Aliens and, and it was all fine. It was and decent. aliens. And stuff like, stuff like, yeah, stuff like Lost Boys, which was a little bit scary, mm. but it was fine. It was only at 15 and mm. I'd have been like 12. Anyway, that was all fine. Never really came up. Didn't tell my mum because I knew she wouldn't want me watching it, but it didn't really affect me. And then I think over a course of like a week or two, I watched with um, her son, my friend James. He was a bit older than me, but not that much older. Mm. We watched um, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Followed by Robocop. Yeah. Oh, that was too much. I, I, got, I was upset. Well, were you... Were you uh, I was really upset with Nightmare on Elm Street. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And I, my mum could tell that something was wrong. And I think she... Th it was fine because I think she thought something was seriously wrong. But yeah. it was actually, I just watched a naughty movie. Uh, I watched a naughty movie, yeah. mummy. I want to shop my friend's mum. Well, I didn't... No, I didn't... I didn't... I didn't... I didn't, I didn't rat anyone out. Oh, right. She obviously I, knew. I came upon a movie, She mother. knew where I was. So right. She put two and two together. I think she had a word at, with Diane. And then about six months after that, um, our cat ate their two uh, finches. Oh. Pet finches. Can so, you own a finch? Yeah. Can you own a finch? <laughs> or is it the way your trousers are hanging? Um, um, and so that, 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 that meant relations became strained, yeah. but eventually we, we got over that. Wow. And then we moved away, fantastic. so it was fine. Nothing to do with the finches. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Have you ever seen, um, the, the, uh, there's a bloke who makes lasagna cat. Uh, on YouTube. Uh, I, didn't hear, I didn't expect you to say that. No. Uh, it's a, basically a uh, parody of um, the Garfield cartoons. And he calls it Lasagna Cat. And right. Basically, this, it's a live action version of Garfield um, that takes some twists and turns. And it's right on my street because it's, it's just obscene and weird uh, and massively unprofitable. And, um, <laughs> and uh, they. So how, was he, um, has he got an actual cat starring as the main protagonist? No, it's like a man in a in a Garfield costume. I seem to recall. <laughs> right. And there's John as well, who's like obviously, and they do little kind of sketches and you know like three panel comics. In the, in the, anyway, this I think as that guy did a um, uh, a version of Robocop, <laughs> where just <laughs> Robocop. Can't and won't stop shooting people in the balls, <laughs> like just constantly balls exploding all over the place. Um, I don't know how you'd find it. 
We'll find it. We'll link to it. How does Lasagna how does he do the special special effects of the? Ball? Well, it's like it's like a kind of like it's a scene from Robocop, and he's going don't know you go with me or whatever. Yeah, and he goes to shoot. Uh, and he's about to shoot like a terrorist or someone who's a hostage taker has taken a woman hostage yeah. and he blows his balls to pieces and he, it's a really graphic <laughs> balls exploding right. and then um, he shoots another guy in the balls and everybody's just balls are just exploding oh, it's, uh, it's good she's going to make like that for this synopsis <laughs> exploding balls the scariest bit of Robocop when I was a kid was when Ed 209 the fucking terrifying machine gun mm. robot goes haywire in a meeting Yes, I don't think I've ever seen... You have five seconds to comply. That one. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I remember for the video game, see. Robocop 3 on the Amiga was very good. One of the first 3D sort of games, and I used to play that. What, like Duke Nukem or whatever? It was more... It wasn't quite as advanced as that, but it was like everything was very grey. Wolfenstein 3D, not even as advanced as Wolfenstein 3D. It was more like you could fly around. Could Robocop fly in the third film? I can't remember seeing Possibly the third one, no, sure. but um, I don't think many people did. But my um, interest in the franchise had waned by then. <laughs> As I approached adulthood. Not enough balls being shot off. No, exactly. Let's yeah. have a break, and then after that, we'll do some of your excellent emails and probably some of your shit ones as well. Oh yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, I'm pretty chilled out about this, actually. I've had five pints of Guinness, and my wife's just left me for another man. I can't mention her name. Jackie, oh, I'm so sorry about that. So, actually, you know, the fact that it's a four-hour delay on a flight doesn't bother me. That man on his way to Malaga. <laughs> it's brilliant, that, because um, he... He looks exactly as you imagine him to look, based on that clip. Yeah, and he's trying—he's trying to look like he's getting one over on his wife. Yeah, but he actually just looks really tragic. I love very straight men trying to tell, uh, trying to perform things. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like see, yeah, it's like see, yeah, he can't really do it. No, he can't sort of go, uh, Jackie. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like he yeah. doesn't even give it the, that much. Delivery's whammy. poor. Yeah, the delivery's poor from the man. Yeah, even anything, um, just give it a Jackie. <clears throat> like that, you know? Have you seen uh, the right stuff where that man keeps ringing and, and uh, abusing his it's wife? Brilliant! Yeah, that's great delivery. I mean, it's actually very abusive and, and mm. objectionable. But the mm. delivery—let's be fair. Let's respect the art. It's a—it's he does it three or four times, and how he manages to do it 
is one of the lost magical arts. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's one of those magic tricks you got. Sneaking through that firewall. He's done very well there. He's, Sneak- had, he's had two phone calls at the same time there. Sneaking through that assistant producer's uh, firewall. Yeah. I like it when um, people phone up um, uh, talk shows or Five Live or something and they go, oh, yeah, I was talking to your researcher off air. And, um, and it's like, I don't think I've ever seen met a researcher. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not researchers. They're no. just people who put you through the fucking phones. Yeah. Oh, the APs. I went very closely with the APs at Talksport, so I'm not going to slag them. I but was one. Oh, so was I. So that was my I. first so, job yeah. in radio. Yeah. So I'm just saying that it's that it's that we were never researchers. That I think that gives it as a lofty uh, term. Yeah. Our, our work encapsulates pretty much everything, all the work that nobody else wants to fucking do. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're ringing in and you're talking about them as researchers because you're so pompous that you think that part of their research is talking to you because you're so interested. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I was talking yeah. to one of your researchers who was uh, getting to the real crux of my point and yeah. I'm going to basically spend five minutes giving you it <laughs> again. They're, they're not researchers, yeah. they're assistant producers who, God bless them, and I've, we've both done it ourselves, they make tea, they generally keep busy and they answer the phone because no one else wants to do it. I Back in the bad old days of radio, or when it was good old days of radio, I, um, as an AP, <laughs> got... Uh, Somebody phoned up on a show. I'm not going to mention who it was. Uh, and I went, right, when you get on, shout the F word. Shout, feel free to shout the F word. And they went on and they shouted the F word. Why did you do that? Because you'd have got fired. words are brilliant. You'd have got fired if you found that was that. Well, I didn't because like, I just went, because when, when they went on air, they Stop went, the radio they station went, you're still working at because <laughs> no, it's going to be problematic. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Okay. But I was like, there was a reason why they had to shout a certain word. I was like, feel free to shit, say, say a swear word. Terrible behaviour from me. It's bad. But they shouted a swear word, and we went, "I'm so sorry." We, we, sh- we look, <sighs> it's live radio. We're sorry. I think Pete, if they said to you, "What do you think the job entails?" and you said, "Getting calls <laughs> to say swear words on air," I don't know if you'd have got the job. No, no, I think you would. Anyway, so uh, hello at LukeandPeach.com to email in and let us know what you're thinking. Swear words um, are funny on the radio. Mike's just, I'll start with this one, Peter, if I may, just because it's a very right, quick then. one. Um, if you want the ad break, time code is 1722, by the way. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's quite all right. Locked lock back in. Locked in, yeah. Um, Mike uh, is emailed in saying, um, afternoon, guys, with the greatest respect, fan of your Uber as I am. I've never particularly had a man crush on either of you before. None, none taken, Mike. He said, with that being said, though, Pete's new Twitter photo is making me reconsider. Oh, Given that Pete once said I looked handsome in my Twitter photo, I thought I'd return the compliment. So I'm going to go on your Twitter now and see what it looks like. That's interesting because I I'm using your that... computer, so it might take me a while. <laughs> to I get, forgot mine. Get through the sludge. Um, that's interesting because um, I... Oh, yeah, you do look good. You're with Chris my... Broad from abroad in Japan. I changed that Twitter profile because I genuinely thought I looked bad, but I thought I looked interesting. You look like, emaciated. I look, I look, yeah, I look like, um, I saw Depeche Mode play the Isle of Wight Festival last year, and they're all getting on, and they've all done a lot of drugs, Yeah, <laughs> and they look like shit, um, so all of their um, video, kind of close-up video stuff on the video screens, uh, is all black and white, very high contrast, very high high black and white um, exposure kind of stuff, so they all look really sort of bleached, and um, I was fascinated by that, and, and, and I, I thought I looked like a rough old goth so I thought that's uh, that's you, an you interesting look. look. I have no, I have no. I think I take a picture once a year that I think that looks, if not interesting, I look presentable. I cannot take a picture to save my life. I look dreadful. I all think of the time. you look about twenty years older than you are in that picture, yeah. but you do, you look fine. I think you're quite photogenic because you've got quite um, pronounced um, bone structure in your face. I think they say goiters. Um, what does that mean? It's like a lump in your there. Goiters. Lump, goiter. No, you've got a good. You've got a good jawline. Yeah, but you know Paolo. You know Paolo. Uh, Paolo. Yeah. So I was like, it's getting hot. Is it getting hot in here? Um, but thank you very much for that um, Mike. Uh, emailer, Mike, for yeah. saying nice things about my face. 
and my body <laughs> and my soul. Yeah, um, I think he was, knows your soul's black as that, night. That mate. was <laughs> me in uh, that was me in uh, America Muja, Mura, uh, which is America Town Mura, meaning town, I believe, in Japanese, uh, in Osaka, uh, where I was teaching some um, of the local teenagers how to say "Why man." So they've gone "Why <laughs> man." Oh yeah, I saw a video. Then, of that. So then now they've got like uh, a load of. Um, so every time somebody goes to America Mura, who listens to Around Japan, the Japanese podcast, uh, and also watches Chris Broad's uh, YouTube output, and they've seen me. Do the YI man. I've had a couple of videos of people just going, YI man, <laughs> in America Mura, which I love I, it. Which I quite like. Maybe I'll start some kind of uh, thing that people do. Apparently, apparently, there's a thing in Osaka that if you go up to anybody, and I mean anybody, and start to pretend to shoot them with your finger, they'll go, ah, you shot me. Why? That's, I don't know. It's like a cultural thing in Osaka. That's what they do. And that's why I go back to Japan. You didn't do it, I did it then. Pew, pew. Uh, yeah, because uh, I'm, uh, I'm not Japanese. Is that a snub-nosed Uzi? <laughs> that's another uh, thing I, uh, I've been enjoying uh, recently. I, th- I put on the WhatsApp group uh, for the Football Ramble all of my recent uh, YouTube watching. And there are so many YouTube... Uh, listen, experience has taught me that I will not be clicking on those. That's the annoying thing, because I think you'd get a lot out of these. So... Well, actually, we should tell... We are going to do another email in a minute. Right. But we should tell everyone listening that there was... A big schism in the Slikhanov WhatsApp group, right? Where me and John won't click on links that haven't got a preview, yeah. And you refuse to, in quotes, and I'm quoting your words back at you there. I refuse to handhold you both through the internet, yeah. So if they're a YouTube link, they're going to be fine. But we compromised by you actually putting the previews in. Mm. But I'm still not clicking on them. them, No, Um, I enjoy watching uh, a magnet fisherman. So basically, he's got. It happens quite a lot. They 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 basically just cast a line out with a really strong. Is it ne- neodymium um, magnet? I've never heard of this before. Until well, you basically, they just throw they, th- they they throw instead of a lure uh, or a, or a wriggly worm to catch a fish, they throw a magnet in, um, and obviously they pull back whatever they've got. So they go into like canals and stuff, and they pull out just just whatever old shit that people have thrown in the river. Mm. And so it's things like scooters and old road signs and um, uh, ticket machines. Where people have like um, uh, circular sawed like a ticket machine off and stored them. It's a very strong magnet, though. Oh yes, it's ridiculously strong with right. a really strong uh, wire. Probably pull well. your eye out your blood if you put it. Oh, in you, you it's, it's actually quite dangerous. If you get two together, you it, you would crush your hands. You you could really hurt yourself. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he pulls out, but he pulls out it's like Uzis and stuff and old unexploded mortars and stuff from walls. It's it's it really is fascinating. I, I think if I was of a certain age and was a little bit more sociopathic, I think I'd probably get into that. You've charmed me. I might mm. click on that one. Yeah, do an email uh, for Pete's sake. No, a lockpicking lawyer, a oh, man who just does lockpicking. Oh, speaking stuff. of that, by the way. Oh, so you're interested now? I was thinking in the hotel room I was in the weekend. It's got obviously as as many of them do, if not mm. all of them, at a hotel safe. Right, and you know. I'm sure everyone knows this, but if you want to put your belongings in the safe in the hotel room, you set the code and you lock it up and right. you're off, right? Yeah. Now, my memory for things... So I've got quite a nice bit of luggage and it's got a combination lock on it. Right. And before I left, mm. uh, it took me about two hours to remember the combination. Mm. And so I was thinking with the hotel safe, which I didn't use, I thought you put the code in or whatever. Yeah. And the idea is clearly that no one, including the hotel staff, can get to your shit because That's the only people... That's <laughs> No, but of course it is. Nah. Because the only people who come into your room are the cleaners. Yeah, and they know how to get into it. That's my point. So I thought to myself, what happens if I forget the code? What are they going to do? And there's a classic scene in um, People Just Do Nothing where he's got all his money in a safe and he forgets the code, so he chucks it off the top of the the, uh, block and it explodes everywhere. Anyway, 
I looked up what <laughs> happens, and it just says this like on the internet. It just says hotel search can be broken into using a simple clo- uh, code, um, uh, enables an override code to be entered in the safe in yeah. case the guest forgets their code. Um, the, I mean, the manufacturers are a physical key. The manufacturers just give that to the staff at the hotel, so it's, it's almost completely pointless. Well, what they usually do is they don't reset the original code that comes with the safe, which is usually like zero 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 zero. Uh, and if you're buying like a bulk safes, can you really be asked to program 300 safes no. to you know, to, anyway. to de- delete the original um, original code and set a, mm. a, a managerial one? You know, managers pass over and stuff. There's keys. There's again magnets you can just use to slide the the bars across and stuff. It's just mm. they are in the grand Jesus. scheme of uh, decent uh, decent uh, protection, they, they they afford nothing. I'm more annoyed about the little uh, squares of carpet they put in there. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah, weird. Yeah. Very yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah. Why would they do that? No one's going to walk in there, are they? I think it's presumably not to scratch your precious jewels. Yeah. Hello to Nicholas Gaffney. Nicholas Gaffney's got just share. Hello to Pete and the Luke. Your latest pod reminded me for no apparent reason about a night I had in my local roughly 15 years ago. Now that is why this podcast is here. Yes, 100%. To remind you of things you ha- that you endured 15 years ago. I'm uh, 31 now, but I was being a Good boy, I promise. I was and have always been a pool player, especially in pubs, and at the time it was great fun uh, taking money off of silly drunk bastards who thought I was too young to give them a hiding, which I always did. <laughs> One night, though, whilst my relatives were getting uh, tanked up at the bar, I was waiting for the next person to show up on the pool table after beating the last person, winner stays on rules. A short, uh, quite rotund man steps up and puts his quid on the table. He asks me, are you good then? I said I've been tall as much, and he smirks and calls me an arrogant wanker. I think, well, this guy is uh, on his way to passing out, and I ignore the comment. Several shots in, I'm winning. He asks me another more provocative question, which I can't remember now, but my response made him angry. He shouted at me, Do you know who the fuck I am? I manage more cheaper, you little prick. Wow, what a claim to fame that is. I've made three million in my career. What have you done? Down by the sea. <laughs> is that more cheaper? I can't. It's all part of the process. Is that right, one? Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, to which I replied, I always get them mixed up with the um, uh, the brand new heavies a little bit. To which I replied, well, if that's the case, why are you in a shitty little pub in Clapham trying to convince a child how important you are? Uh, I cleared up my go and he left soon after. Whether he really had been their manager, I don't know. But why would anyone choose that band if they were going to brag? Yeah. You wouldn't make that up, would you? Yeah. You uh, Gareth Gates also came in once. He got heckled so hard he had to leave. Oh, poor Gareth. <laughs> Not very nice. Um, yeah. I just like the fact that, um, yeah, he absolutely hammered him at pool and... Um, well, 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 good stuff. Uh, to be fair, though, the geezer he man in does sound like he, he fancies himself a bit. He can play pool. It's a, it's a great pub skill. I'm quite good at pool. Are you? Yeah. You reckon? I, no, I am actually quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. decent. I'll play any listener. Sounds like, sounds like, uh, sounds like we need a Pete and I, Luke, Luke, Luke uh, pool tournament. I'll play, I'll play any listener on their own patch. <laughs> I'm terrible at pool, but it's a bit like FIFA. I'll start off doing all right, but then I'll just get, get bored. Yeah, I'm just whacking the it, balls yeah. as hard as I can. I can imagine that. It's just yeah. not exciting, just tapping them. Boring. No. Mm. And I think you don't, you don't get on well with things that are the same every time. And that's why it's a miracle that you've done so many of these episodes with me. Um, what about this? Finally, from Roy, we we'll squeeze this one. Says he says, Roy Bow. He says hi to both Puke and Leet. I know it's a little off topic, but I want to share this story after Luke has mentioned a few times recently his past in the music industry. Let's be absolutely clear. <laughs> I was on nodding terms with music industry. You were in Banana Rama, weren't you? Although someone actually sent me, um, I haven't got it. My phone annoyingly, but someone actually sent me my say someone, my friend who I used to run music nights with, club nights, sent me. He found in, his, in the bottom of a box in his house the the one of the very first flyers we did back in two thousand and six. Oh, cool! Um, none of the bands on there made us do anything, so I was a bit disappointed. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Because the bands were on there. Yeah, but could they have not changed their name? Yeah, possibly. I suppose 
It was the Scare, who were a, quite a big, um, exciting Australian up-and-coming group. Mm. Um, it was a band called the Dirty Backbeats, who did get signed, but didn't do much, and they were good. And another band called Orlando and the Show Machine. Oh, that was Coldplay's. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, so, um, yeah, Roy, this is from Roy. He says, I was once about eight years ago, young and free, and played guitar in a band. We were booked to play a venue in Manchester and were aware that in the crowd there was a prominent journalist who was going to review us, and the review would be published in the National Music Mag. And we would obviously be shot to stardom. The other guitarist for the band, let's call him Dan, was a bit of a cocky sort and decided he would go over to the journalist and say hello before the gig. As he scoured the venue, he noticed a young journo sitting at a table in front of him. The journalist had their back to him. He approached and then when he was within earshot, said the journalist's name and stuck out his hand to greet them. As the journalist turned around, Dan's hand was in prime handshake position. Unfortunately for someone who was standing up, and so the journalist stayed sat down and as they locked eyes Dan's thumb from his outstretched hand went straight into the journalist's mouth <laughs> awkward apologies ensued and we never did get our right up it could have all been so different was it I mean I guess if it was in a horizontal sounds quite position, sexy to sounds, quite, it sounds yeah. a bit how know. does that even work did he slide it did he, did he rotate his hand so it was in like a horizontal so position so if I stand up in. and I'm trying to shake your hand yeah so you, you spin, you've got a spin chair so spin round Right, okay, hang on. So you've got to put your back to me? Yeah. Right, and I'll go, Pete! Oh, oh your thumb went right in my mouth. <laughs> it does work. It does work. I yeah. actually poked you in the eye almost as well, but you've yeah. got glasses on. Yeah. I haven't actually washed my hands for about six hours. Oh, dear. Yeah, and I've been touching Marcus, who's ill. Anyway, thanks for that, Roy. Um, <laughs> hello at lukeandpeacher.com to email in. We've got a big backlog, but we'll get through them as quick as we can. If you backs. are younger than Lucas and Ewan, who are both 15, please don't tell us. It feels weird. It really um, does. We'll be back on Thursday with episode 164. Have a lovely week, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Say goodbye, Peter. Is this actionable? This was a Radio Stakhanov production.